0: As quickly as you can, snatch the pebble from my hand.
1: When you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Now stand to greet your sensei, Sweet Tooth Jump.
0: Right on. Ah! You ain't your body. I wake up every day. The fat and I tell people, especially my children, you wake up every day. You got breath in your lungs, a beat in your heart, and your body's you're able-bodied. It's a blessing. Anything you do after that is just bonus.
1: This week's episode is brought to you by St. Charles MMA. You can visit stcharlesmma.com and mention Roy Rob and Enter the Last Dragon when you sign up and get a free month of training. Now let's get into some martial arts. With your boy, Roy Rob. Enter the Last Dragon, your host doing this thing, your Sifu, your sensei for the day. I have a special one coming your way. My buddy, my friend, uh, I get the opportunity to sit down with this gentleman who has definitely reached the upper level. He's going to tell you about his journey. He's going to tell you about his story. He's going to really, just kind of give you a, a day in his shoes. Welcome to the platform. Welcome to the stage, Joey Angelo. What's up, Joey? How you doing, bro?
0: I'm good, Rob, How you doing? Thanks for having me, man.
1: No problem, man. No problem. So tell, me, tell us about you, man. Tell us a, a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are. All the above from personal life, business life, fighting life, father, whatever. Tell us all about you.
0: Well, to sum it up, man, I'm just like, I'm a hungry Italian-Irish kid from Brooklyn that refused to give up, man. Um, wow. Italian-Irish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Hey, right? Right, yeah. right. Uh all right. I'm a father of four. I'm, I'm 30, so I have my kids young. Um, you know, I work full-time, 12 hours a day, four days a week. Uh, hang out with the kids on the days off, um, train, and do it all over again. It's like Groundhog's Day all over again, you know, especially uh, in training camp. So, you know, it's uh, I had every reason to quit, every reason to not fight and all that fun stuff. But uh, you know, perseverance is key, and uh, I'm here. You know, if I finally made it to the big show,
1: that's, that's that's major, man. So tell us how you got started. Uh, what was your introduction to martial arts in general? My episode, of course. Uh, And my podcast is all about martial arts as well as perseverance in throughout life. So tell us how you got into martial arts.
0: Yeah, of course. So uh, back in Brooklyn, I started boxing, um, self-defense reasons, you know, and then uh, I came out here to Vegas when I was 17 and this is mixed martial arts, you know, fight capital of the world. Uh, Got into um, Muay Thai, stepped Uh into a gym. Literally took a fight that week, a little smoker fight. They call it a little amateur fight. Uh, nice. I said I had hands. I don't know how to kick people, but I got hands. And uh, then I started to fall in love with the art of Muay Thai. Um, then what got interesting was my little brother wanted to do it, but it was a little too rough on him. Mm-hmm. So we went to uh, a, a studio out here called United Studios of Self-Defense, which is all Shaolin Kempo. Wow. And, and Okinawan Kenpo as well. Mm-hmm. So... I did that with him, and that really, really, really um, developed my my striking game. And if you, and so I'm known for my muay thai because I love kicking. I got long legs, but the way I rechamber, the way I'm able to mix in the the traditional martial arts of kempo with muay thai, really messes people up. Dude, I
1: saw I saw on a couple of videos. I, I was gonna talk about this. Uh, I was noticing your striking game big time. I saw you switch up on on a couple of fights. You went softball, even though I'm, I believe you fought regular orthodox, right? Uh, I am
0: southpaw.
1: You I'm are a a southpaw. I'm a
0: natural left handed southpaw. Yeah. Oh, ah,
1: that's such an unfair advantage. So so I used to box and only made amateur. Like I won golden gloves, amateur boxing. Um, I literally boxed for about a... Two years, I would say, and uh, my only L was to a softball. Like <laughs> it's not fair, man. I, I, nah. I was supposed to keep my left foot outside your right foot. Oh my gosh, I came back into the, your your power hand. It was ah ugly times, man.
0: Yeah, it's complete. It's opposite, but it's the same for you as well. I mean, I instead of circling, when I'm fighting orthodox. You know, I, I honestly, if you if you watch some of my fights, I like to drift to my left uh, with his power. Like I like to go into my guy's power because it tends to get them to overcommit, and that's when I throw my left. Almost like that McGregor step. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. That's So cool. I like
0: to play a little... You know, I like to play with him, but a little bit, almost like snake charming. But uh,
1: that's the mental yeah, stuff, right?
0: <laughs> uh, it's the mental stuff because I like, what, you know, even the commentators like, why is Angelo circling to the left? He should be going to the right. It's like, right? Oh, I'll, go, I'll go which way I want to go because I know what I'm doing. That's
1: so, good, man. So, yeah, how, yeah, so, so, did you box there in uh, Vegas for a little bit, as well as training Muay Thai? Did you do any um, boxing, or you just went straight towards Muay Thai and Kempo?
0: So, I did a lot of work with Roger Mayweather. Um, I had a really good connection with him. Uh, I go into the gym every first of the month. I give them money, cash, Mm -hmm. and uh, we would work by combos. But I got so kick-heavy. Like, I loved kicking. I'm like, why am I going to be this close to someone when I could be all the way out here and kick him in the head? Right. So um, that's why uh, bare-knuckle boxing is going to get – because I go back to MMA, but bare-knuckle boxing is going to get my MMA career that much better because um, it's reestablishing my hands, so to speak.
1: Right, right, right. So – and. Yeah. Do you do you think? Um, and I guess it's a little different where I'm from traditionally in the Midwest. Uh, there is more predominantly There's a lot of wrestlers from Illinois. I'm kind of close to Illinois. The Illinois wrestling thing is really blown up. And with the, the surgeons of MMA in general. St. Louis has kind of uh started to play catch up I would kind of say. You know what I mean when it comes to trying to get more wrestlers and all and more people knowing about Muay Thai, all the above and martial arts. But how do you feel like the difference is west coast versus east coast um just in general like the style of fighting, the the competition, the like you like you said you're in Vegas right now. How do you feel like that 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 it's it always seems like there's something going on,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, as far as the stylistic between East and West Coast, I'm not entirely sure if there is one. I know back home, so like Brooklyn, Jersey, all that stuff, they got great boxing.
1: Oh, they
0: got all those guys. And then if you go a little bit, a little bit towards the West, but like you got Pennsylvania, Maryland, all that stuff, then you got crazy wrestling. Like Pennsylvania's got like uh, Edinburgh, where Josh Koschek yeah. wrestled, where Gregor Gillespie wrestled. Gregor Gillespie's had a big fight coming up. So you got these guys that, so it's just, it's a perfect mixture. Same thing with out here, but okay. out here in Vegas, you got, you got world-class guys from around the world come, coming, coming right, here right? and you get a taste of every little, every, every little bit of it. When I see some dude in the gym and I'm like, that guy's nasty. I got to go with him. I, I might get, <laughs> I, I might get beat up a little bit, but I got to learn from him, you know? Right, right. Um, so, and, and like I said, MMA, man, and, and it's just, it's just blown up. Boxing's blown up.
1: You, what about your uh your your gym where do you train out of out of right now
0: so i'm with uh, it's a funny story i'm with dewey cooper um, is dewey the black cobra cooper he has a uh, um, Black cobra striking systems um, he was one of the i mean he had to have been top ten top five in the world at one point in k one um mm-hmm. i i 'm training the gym i train under is called one kicks gym or one mm-hmm. kick Nick um a lot of legends came out of that gym. But I, when I first started training, my first ever MMA gym when I came out here was with Dewey. Oh, then, wow, so it's full yeah,
1: circle.
0: Full circle. So I started my career with him. I'm going to end it with him. And uh, I, I didn't have a car at the time. So when, when, when he left the gym and moved all the way across town, I was like, well, I got to find a new gym. I'm, I don't have a car. Yeah. So I trained with Sean Tompkins, Kevin Randleman, um, mm. all, all, these, all these big name guys. And then... Um, now I'm back with Dewey I hit up Dewey and said, hey man um I'm thirty now I got a car, so <laughs> where are you training let's let's uh, let's, let's let's do, do it. it right He was excited and he and that's what he said he said a a, tr- a traditional martial artist or a coach wants their student to leave, but eventually come back learn you know learn the way of the land, so to speak, and then come yeah. back yeah, So full man. circle man it's funny
1: that's great, and then do you um is so th- that gym right now very heavy on stand up do you train a lot of ground as well? Or tell me some more about that.
0: Yeah. So the gym has a, uh, um, I think it's Costco Jiu-Jitsu. They have a full MMA program. Cool. Um, they, have, they have the huge cage in there. We have a huge ring. Then we have a huge matted area. Um, yeah. We have Teddy with our, uh, um, Teddy Conception does all of our wrestling. Uh, Costco Jiu-Jitsu is ran by um, Amando, uh, an undefeated uh, fighter over there. Yeah. Um, it's a constant grind. We have a huge, huge MMA team. That are all studs. I mean, a lot of them are amateur, a lot of them are pro, but Dewey Dewey owns a promotion uh, in Philippines, so oh, he's wow. got a lot of world class talent coming in and out. We got guys from Dagestan, um, wow. all sorts of Russia. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting beat up from from every every point of the world in this That's camp, a- which is good.
1: That's 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 another next level nugget. So he just gave you a nugget. Uh, for those fighters or individuals who are interested in becoming fighters that are listening to the podcast right now, notice that he's saying that he takes the opportunity to take advantage of different competition from different places all over the world. So that's an advantage. Most people won't get that especially they they're not getting to see that different competition. They get maybe rolling with the same people. You'll hear a lot of uh professional fighters go and just leave their gym and go somewhere else and train for months and then come back because they get to see that different experience, different level of competition all of the above. Um t- tell us tell my listeners a little bit about uh, your amateur start as well as any recommendations that you would give someone who is thinking <laughs> about joining or getting into MMA. If you had to say, I w- if I had someone that would give me this advice or if I would have done this, it would be XYZ.
0: So I, Like I said, I started in boxing, um, came out here and, and got an MMA. My biggest thing, and I always tell people, and it could be biased, I would have learned... How to wrestle first? Wow! Because I feel I feel that wrestling's so much harder to learn than it is to boxing. So I would really, literally start from the ground up. So my kids, my boys, wrestling. Nice. Uh, even my daughters. My daughters will wrestle too. Um, nice. But it's I fell in love with so <clears throat> my amateur a lot of my amateur fights I was getting taken down. You would you would you would blow my direction. I'd fall. I had no takedown defense whatsoever. <laughs> and, then Kevin Randleman got a hold of me, which Kevin's a legend. You know, pride yeah. All that stuff. And my takedown defense is literally night and day now. I know how to manipulate the neck. I know how to manipulate, you know, push the head down or pull, you know, under hook up, this and that. Yeah. Um, I, live, I live for the fence. I love being on the fence. It's my most, when I'm in my MMA fight, it is my most comfortable time. When I'm on the fence and you're pushing into me, you're either going to get the takedown stuffed or you're going to get judo. You know, a lot of, I'm going to hip in and throw you. And, Good reference. It's, He's
1: also just referenced another martial arts, which is judo, which is heavily used as well in MMA. People don't think it's used, but there's some opportunities there. Because I don't of,
0: think people use it enough.
1: Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's only as far as the ladies. It was only one. Was it Ronda? Uh, what was her name? Ronda. She used it. Ronda Rousey. Now you she have that,
0: that that girl uh, in PFL, Kayla Harrison.
1: She's on it too.
0: She's a beast. Like I'm she, check it she, just, out. she just won Thursday night.
1: Wow here in Vegas,
0: but but yeah i just i tell people if you want to get an m m um, a gym intimidation is going to be there don't don't be intimidated by the gym pick uh, um I, I i'd say sit through a couple classes and and watch how the coach is with his students um and you want someone that's hard on you you want someone that's going to make you break this camp i have broken i've i've I thought I hit my limit and I smashed through barriers. Like it's, it's ridiculous how I'm 30, I'm a seasoned vet and I'm still learning and I'm still growing. It's insane.
1: Yeah. yeah I feel you. I feel you a hundred percent, man. So tell us a little bit now on the, your amateur career. How many fights did you have as an amateur?
0: Uh, 20 amateur boxing, um, 19 amateur Muay Thai. And then I did 15 amateur MMA. Wow, man.
1: You yeah. have a very long mm-hmm. resume. That's impressive. I don't
0: know. Everyone's like, "Why didn't you just go pro?" I was like, "I don't know. I just, you know, what it was? It was elbows. I don't want to get elbowed." <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's so. impressive,
1: man. That's impressive, yeah. man. I uh, at, at my school, I train out of St. Charles MMA. We've had some very talented individuals who've gone on to the next level, made it to the UFC, made it all the way to the height of like it didn't matter if it was a professional organization out there they've been a part of it you know what i mean so we can go and it is good to hear when you that feeling when it's like oh man you look next to you and it's like i was just training with this guy and and, and next thing you know it's like maybe you that somebody's going to be looking at you like oh my god i was just training with this guy yeah. like tell us a little bit now too like you have this amateur career what made you say hey i'm going to go pro who was it your coaches what 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 happened
0: um, so I was, the guys that I beat as an amateur, I was watching on these like little live stream shows and they were smashing a competition and I'm like, well, I knocked that dude out in a minute and 20 seconds and he just, and and now he's getting a paycheck for it. So, so after I had, I had three kids by the time I was 23. So it was a little bit of a hectic, you know, situation, oh, well. but yeah, I talked yeah. to my coach and my, the coaches I had around me. I was blessed because they made sure that life came first. So they said, yeah. "Joey, we don't want we don't want you to spread yourself too thin. Are you sure you want to take on a full MMA camp on top of working on top of being a dad?" And I said, "Absolutely." So yeah, I saw these guys that I was smashing as amateurs, and then three months later, they're going pro, and I'm I'm watching them on my laptop. And I'm like, "Oh, I mean, they probably only got paid seven hundred bucks, but hey, it's more than what I had." It's so money. Said, yeah. yeah. So yeah. let me go pro. So I hit up a, a RFA, which is now LFA, and. <laughs> They, uh, they offered me a fight, my first pro fight here in Vegas, which was awesome because I was already here. I, st- I established a, uh, uh, you know, a rapport with the people. But uh, the only issue is they had said, hey, we ha- you have to fight at 155. Oh,
1: my God. 30 pound cut?
0: I walk around at 215, 217. Oh. So I'm like, but back then I didn't. So I was like, I walked around at like 190. So I was like, all right. Well, I never made 155. I've never even fought 155.
1: That's like sick, bro. That's sh- oh my god. And,
0: uh, and if, like I said, if you go, I always tell people if you go to my Instagram, you'll see that one fifty five picture way in, and you'll see the way in now. I always compare it to when Captain America went into that little hyperbaric chamber and they came back out. That's it. So it's, <laughs> oh it's, it's night and day. But Dude. the issue was was uh, I was supposed to fight Gregory Gillespie from Edinburgh,
1: wow. Pennsylvania. Yeah,
0: he now he's. Thirteen and zero, I believe, and he's fighting Kevin Lee next month. So, and, and he's a wrestler, three-time NCAA champion. Anyways, he broke his arm in training. So I wanted to fight some kid from Anderson Silver's gym. I lost a fight due to just exhaustion. Like I went yeah. all three rounds, I was so gassed. Um,
1: no, you, you you're that's not your natural weight. That's hard. No, man. You, you so
0: just... I was one seventy at the time. So so what I did was I went on a big win streak at one seventy. A uh-huh. bigger win streak, 185. So right now I'm on a six-fight win streak with one world title in MMA. And the only issue is, is that there's not a lot of money in MMA. Now, I didn't get into it for the money. But, you know, as a family man, as I'm 30 years old, I'm feeling it a little bit. You, you want to fight for more than 1,000 at 1,000. Right, right, right. So that's where bare-knuckle boxing came in. They offered me big money. And I've done two already. And uh, it's not bad. Like that's everyone's like, oh, you're gonna break your hands and you're gonna get cut up. I'm like, no, I I broke my hands in my MMA gloves before. I have not <laughs> broke my hands yet, thank God. You know.
1: Yeah. So tell me about. Let's talk about bare knuckle, man. That's amazing. Congratulations on this platform you just just make made it to. That's that's amazing. What's the history on bare knuckle? Kind of give us a little breakdown. Well, of that.
0: I know. I know my history on bare knuckle is uh, it started off rocky, just like my pro MMA career. I don't know if you've heard the the. I won't name the organization, but it was a big organization. Uh, they put on a huge show in Wyoming, and they didn't pay any of the fighters. I'm talking Phil Baroni, Chris Lieben, Johnny Hendricks.
1: I can find that um, <laughs> out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I idea. It's it's uh. So That's I sad. fought. So they they called me on a short notice, and I said, "Hey, do you want to fight Julian Lane?" And Julian Lane's a big kid. He's the one that was like, "Let me bang, bro!" Like he's yeah. That, yeah, he's yeah, that yeah. That. And I said, uh, and he just won a world title and england he fought some guy named uh, jimmy sweeney some 15 and 0 guy so i was like damn uh, uh first first fight want me to fight the world champion i'll do it i lost a split decision very close split decision it it was respectable we could have gone either way yeah so i said okay it's my first loss since that 155 pro debut so it was my first loss in six years and then uh i want to jump right back on it I, uh uh april i fought for backyard Brawl, which is Dada 5000's um company and it's yes. a you fought in a little triangle i'm talking tiny wow um, you take two steps back and you're literally
1: On the they edge. said
0: it's the most confrontational cage in the combat history and they, wow. they meant it they made that phone booth fighting wow um fought a seasoned vet and knocked him out in 48 seconds
1: Oh man, that's amazing
0: Circling to my left and throwing my left That's crazy, dude Hey, (laughs) So um, uh, I'm on a win, I feel good Uh, And then I I called Dave Feldman I said, Dave I want to fight for your company He said, well, you know, this I I don't want to hear I will be the future of your company Give me a chance I said, And I I pulled the East Coast card I said, you're from New York, I'm from New York, come on, let's go, do me a favor I said, I always bring a show I got knocked out of the night in my last fight Against Julian Lane that I lost, I got fight of the night I said, I always, I bite my mouthpiece and move forward. Yeah. And, um, and we're here. And this card has blossomed into something. I mean, Bigfoot, Silva, Gabriel Gonzaga, Ooh. the card's blossomed. That's crazy, And Julian, dude. Julian Lane's on the same card, too. I think he's a co-main event.
1: True. Hey, so he just dropped another nugget. I'm sorry, Enter the Last Dragon. This is so amazing. I bite my mouthpiece, and I move forward. Yeah. Shout out to that, yeah. man. That's a, that's a great analogy. Like, hey, you can't change what happens in the past, Keep pushing forward that's nice man, so hey tell us too this is kind of this is really getting interesting so with with this this promotion is he only in Florida area or is he taking it other places vegas major where is so, they, promotions usually
0: they had a card in Mexico last year uh, or this year they had they're mainly in Biloxi Mississippi mm-hmm. and um in Florida because I, and I, I think they went in Wyoming too. Wyoming was the first state to just say, "Yeah, go ahead, bear and Uncle boxing. we we'll get yeah. we're okay with it." They were like the pioneer for it. Um, but as it's getting legalized in more and more states, so I can I can see BKFC, uh, you know, going worldwide. But they have a lot of, according to them, they have a lot of big shows coming up in 2020. So wherever that's legalized, they will capitalize on that market and go yeah. there.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Do you do you feel it was important? You made a statement that was very. Um kind of stands out you call the promoter yourself
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what's your thoughts on that like do you recommend once you go on pro because i guess there's i have a coach who's helping you train i have a promoter who's supposed to be getting you fights and putting you in the best fights or best situations to make sure you're winning and progressing forward good competition uh elevating you because nothing lasts forever and then there's you who have to follow all these different things, eating healthy, all the above. So tell us about that. How, do you have a coach as well as, uh, I know you have a coach, you have a school. So do you have a, a promoter as well? Or I, have, I,
0: I have a manager who trusts me implicitly.
1: And that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I'll make the call because I had connections with Dave Feldman before that. So I knew who Dave was. Okay. And when, when on that big promotion, when no one got paid, he actually reached out to me and goes, Hey man um sorry that this happened this is a really really big black smudge on the bare knuckle community let me know if you need anything and i ignored it i was pissed i was like it wasn't his i was just i was just like damn i was supposed to get 25 grand and a brand new car because Uh we got fight of the night and i got nothing so i was a little like right, let me get away from social media for a while and then um after that win that that backyard brawl win, i told my manager hey i'm gonna call feldman and i'm i'm gonna tell him i want to fight and my manager goes do what you got to do. And he goes, once you get in, then I'll worry about who the opponent was. And that's that's how it took over. Yeah.
1: That's cool, man. So um, if, if you are looking back, is there anything additional that you would tell a newbie who is trying to enter the professional fight world? They might be amateurs. They have some good wins. Any recommendations you have
0: for them? Yeah. um, Be selfish, you know, always spread the knowledge, but when it comes to the fight game, Remember, when you're winning, you're winning, and everyone, wa- everyone loves you. And everyone's going to piggyback off you. And when you're losing, yeah. you won't get a message, a text message, or a call. It's a very unforgiving game. So wow. the biggest part is having um, – surround yourself with, A, like-minded individuals, and keep your circle very small. I have five best friends, and four of them I made, and one is my wife. So, <laughs> and, right, that's right, it, right, and that's right, it. And that's it. Right. So um, thick skin, and, and and B, there's nothing wrong with being selfish, that's it. But and, and you know, just everyone says, Oh, fighting is a is a poor man's sport. Not anymore. If you know how to market yourself, we have this beautiful thing. The podcast, the the Instagram, yeah. everything is it's you can literally I mean, how many people get rich off Instagram? Oh and, my god. And, and just on views and content alone. Oh I love So yeah. I would say I would say have thick skin and be careful who you surround yourself with. Um, and uh, and and capitalize on on what you have in front of you. What do you I
1: think? Get, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, no, so I can get rich off this phone I just bought. Right. Yes, <laughs> it. I can do something crazy on you and post it to YouTube right now, and mm. after X amount of hits, I'm getting a paycheck for it. That's,
1: That's insane. Right. That's
0: insane, man. I to go. What am I? I don't know why I'm going to clock in every day. I can do some <laughs> crazy stuff. <laughs>
1: That's it, man. All right. So do you? Do you? Uh, where do you think the? where do you think? Social media slash professional fighting slash entertainment is going next like i love the entertainment aspect of mma fighting as well so you always you can take it all the way back to wrestling you have a built-in fan base of individuals who love entertainment right like that's been there and then boxing was kind of like they did a little bit but it was never to the the, the level of what i'm seeing creativity wise That's some mma fighters as being super creative animation they're doing a lot of stuff. So what do you think about that? What do you think about that in general?
0: That separates you from the rest. I mean, look at McGregor. McGregor is, is he's, a, he's probably one of the first ones to come out with a suit, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> he He comes out talking all his trash. Dave was like, I didn't know, see, let's backtrack a little bit. When I call Feldman, Feldman's like, do you remember fighting for me? I said, no. I fought for Feldman in Reno, my last amateur fight. I didn't, mm-hmm. I completely forgot. And he goes, you're a nice kid, you know, but you need to have that more Brooklyn in you. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you need to start talking smack. And I was like, Dave, I smile at my opponent. I, I, I let my fights in. Now, I can, if you, if you piss me off, I, I'm going to zing you. Yeah, but yeah. I can't, like, I can't manufacture. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could, but I just choose not to manufacture drama, crap talking, and all that stuff. So, Yeah. but McGregor, he put everyone on the map. Chael Sonnen. Chell Sonnen, Dominic Cruz, and Conor McGregor, easily uh, uh, the best shit talkers in, in, uh, in, in MMA.
1: Hands down. They would talk so much. It, it was ridiculous, man. And, and then you
0: have the persona, the facade, the, the suits. I mean- McGregor just put it on the next level, yeah. and uh, you have a lot of guys trying to imitate him, and some of them succeeding, some of them, and that's it's a double edged sword. Because you come out looking like McGregor, and you're you're in your guy's face, you this and that, this and that, and then you go and get knocked out, and you look like yeah. foolish. <laughs> only only McGregor can get knocked out and still not look foolish. Dude, he,
1: when I say he was, uh, he 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 got paid. He did his he did his the right way. You know what I mean? Because some people, like you say, even at the highest level. There were wrestlers, boxers that were cutting way bigger checks than any MMA fighter could ever even think of. Of course. And Conor McGregor was like he made the Mayweather thing look amazing. I mean, Definitely. for him to even hands down, that's that's unbelievable. I know.
0: You know he didn't brand himself, he literally made himself an empire.
1: An empire.
0: That's it. That's crazy. He, he's he's a household name now. And he that, and that dude,
1: he, he dude he lost to is amazing. That dude can go, man. That Russian kid Oh, is,
0: Khabib. Oh, my yeah. God. On a whole another. Trust me, I train with a lot of those guys from that region of the world. Fighting, that's all they do. And they, they, every single one of them, they might not be able to harness it, but they have brute strength.
1: Yeah. Brute
0: strength. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, this is, this is crazy. But, yeah, uh, he's a household name now. Um, yeah, uh, and he, it's a true rags-to-riches story. He literally was collecting... Um, was it uh, government? You know, welfare, whatever. Uh, a hundred bucks a week from the, you know, waiting, in, waiting in line, waiting for his check or whatever. We're getting it in the mail, and now look at him. So got it's a true rich. People want to hate on him, but we didn't grow up very fortunate. in My family, you know, I got yeah, five yeah. brothers and three sisters. If and you're gonna tell me if if I got a hundred million dollar payday, I might act, <laughs> I might act a fool too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I won't be, I won't be punching people in bars, but I might, I might do some, you know, some flossy stuff.
1: It that fight he did, it gets it, it, it spiked when I want to say one of his guys threw that, um, that that threw that, um, it was a chair or something at the bus, that could use bus. Remember that? Yes, and yeah, like yeah. that UFC, like it blew up even more. The trending level was like, whoosh, like it was like, oh my god, what's happening now? Um, it, it was like, it was a time, I guess, where it could be like, oh, that's bad for ufc but it was amazing for ratings because people were tuning in big time
0: the marketing team took advantage they ate that up Uh, it's literally they they love drama people and like what dana white said you can have a baseball uh, you know baseball game here a football game here and a hockey game here a fight breaks out over here everyone's in a it. that's that's it's amazing so um it's they manufacture they they that wasn't manufactured i really think those guys don't but they capitalize on that drama yeah so and that's the dream for me man i I think uh i took these last three fights um not my last three fights but i'm i just want to buy the family a house i have have an amazing job where i work but my thing is i might i I might not be mcgregor rich i mean who knows But all these people watching people might someone might like me and put some money into me but i just want to i just want to get a house for the family and the kids and i got two giant dogs and then, uh, that's it, man. Retire, retire peacefully, you know. But like I, I can, not when I have to.
1: When they, right, exactly. And all right, so we kind of talked about where you're at now. You got this big fight coming up next week. How's uh, training going? Intake? What are the food intake? All the above? Competition? How you feeling? Rest? How's that going? Yeah. How's it feeling?
0: Rest and sleep is uh, is non-existent because quick. So I get up at six a.m. So I have four children, and they go to four different schools around the valley. So what I do, uh, I know. So what I do is I get up at 6 a.m., make lunches, breakfasts, this and that. I drive three to three different schools. My wife drives our, our youngest because she lives closest. Then I go to training from um, I come home, I eat breakfast myself. I go to training from uh, like 10.30 to about 1.30. I come home, shower, and I go to work from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. Wow, that, I do that every single day. And I catch cat naps here and there. Like if I have some downtime at work, I'll pass out uh, an hour or two here. I'll sleep, um, but that's literally my schedule, and there's no exaggeration in it. And everyone that's who knows me personally, like dude, you you look. I was I was 217 pounds last month, and now I, I woke up today at 194. That's so crazy, I know. So my food intake is great. Um, I have I have my meal plan on the well. It was on the fridge. I'm pretty sure one of the kids colored <laughs> on it. But uh, no, I'm, uh, I have um, I have an egg white sponsorship. So they send me because I don't really eat the yolks. Okay. Some fighters do. So I, I have a, It's called Egg Whites International. They they sponsor me. They send me gallons like gallons of egg whites. It's ridiculous. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So my food intake is great. Um, everyone who knows me, I'm a fat kid at heart. I love. After the fight, win, lose, or draw, my first thing is I don't drink too much, but Hennessy is my favorite drink. (laughs) Cheesecake is my favorite food, and Guinness Guinness is my favorite beer. So literally after every fight, I sit down, I I, I go uh, to the local supermarket over there, I get a cheesecake, I put it in the fridge for after the fight, and I always get a little thing of Hennessy, one Guinness, and one cheesecake, and that's how I celebrate so it's, it's, uh, hey, that's a,
1: That's a great celebration.
0: That, that's it, man. But no, it's training camp has been amazing. I, it's been a 12 week camp um, because I was supposed to fight last month, and one of their venues didn't get approved for BKFC. So they said, "Hey, we're going to push it another month." So I said, "Okay." Um, I never had a 12 week camp, but um, I'm on point, man. It, the that's the good. weight's coming off nicely. Uh, I'm snapping my jab out there. My opponent is tough. He's he just he's tough. I mean, there's yeah. no other way to put him. He's not. His footwork is a little sloppy. Um, his his hands are they're heavy, um, but he is a tough kid. I I, I can tell you this. I, I would love to say I'm gonna go out there and knock him out. It's gonna be a five round war.
1: Right. It's
0: gonna be the right. battle of the worlds. Um, I'm, I'm I'm excited. And those are the type of fights I want right now. Yeah. I, I want I want time in the they ring. Um, you know I, I want to get out there and I want to give the you know the crowd a show.
1: Good so, for you, man. Good for yeah. you. Now, how, what's the... Uh, do, do they give you, like, a seating capacity of the place or how big this place is for, your, for the fight coming up next week?
0: So, I'm, I'm flying my wife out there and I'm looking for tickets for her. It's... it's the place is huge. I mean, oh, it's... Really? Yeah, that's where they had the, uh, the Lobov versus Malinaji fight.
1: Oh, wow, man. So,
0: that place... It's, it's at the Florida Fairgrounds in Tampa and the place is huge. I'm looking wow. at the seating map. I'm like, geez. yeah. So, um, if it sells out, which I think it will, it'll be the biggest biggest crowd i've ever fought in front of
1: that's amazing man hey, I'm, congrats I'm upset, congrats, man. congrats dude that's amazing
0: hey, so I, I wake up every day the fact and i tell people especially my children you wake up every day you got breath in your lungs a beat in your heart and, you, and your body's you're able-bodied it's, it's a blessing anything you do after that is just bonus.
1: there's another nugget man. so check this out he just man. gave it to you he's like salute to being on top of the earth versus the earth being on top of you waking up every Absolutely. day man that's yeah, amazing, six man. Six feet
0: above ground, I'm happy. That's <laughs> it, brother. That's it. All um, right. So, yeah. so,
1: let me, so I usually like, uh, I usually like to take an opportunity to highlight anything you have going on that you are special projects you might be going on or anything that you have been thinking about or anything that you want to share to fans who's going to tune in friends family if you have you could take as much time as you want to share whatever you want this is your moment right now and then we'll go on to my next segment of the show go ahead
0: of course uh special projects it's not really fight related but uh like i said i took this i took this i have a great job um and and i love my job very few people can say hey i love going to clock in um but i'm using a lot of that money for uh you know saving for a house and stuff but the fight money is for a house but i'm actually looking and um, it's in the development developmental stages to opening up an indoor playhouse for the kids for for it's i mean a huge i don't know uh, you're in st louis right yeah i don't know yeah i mean and they're always packed i'm like yeah. damn so we go there and i'm always spending 15 bucks a kid when i go there plus snacks and this and this so i'm like and I, i'm like i'm i'm gonna open up ai am i'm, I'm gonna open up this you, you could know? do it. I
1: just went to one yesterday for for my daughter's friends. My daughter's five, but she'll be sick the, the girl turned six. And it's a jump house. And it it was called like Arizona or something. Yeah. And yeah. they have trampolines, they have large things where they like rock climbing through stuff. And dude, I'm talking about crazy packed. Money. They go, they go
0: nuts. They go nuts. I'm like, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking at every parent. And I'm looking at every kid, and I just see dollar signs. I'm like, and they stay there, and they get their kids tired out. But we're going to put a little different spin on it. We're going to actually, we're going to actually cater to the parents as well. We have some stuff in the works. But uh, nice. you know, I'm taking my fight money, and I'm making more of it. I'm not going out there, and I'm not. You know, I love Andy Ruiz, but he's granted he's a rags to riches story. He's going out oh, there. Yeah. and He's he's blowing his money, which is awesome. Yeah. You, know, you live your life. You know, you only yeah. live once. Yeah. But I'm going to. um Invested and and you know, become an entrepreneur. Eventually, I want to work for myself, yeah, but yeah. um, that's that's a small project going on right now. Um, and Thank it's you. it's something that I'm passionate about. I love my children, I live for my kids. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, I had him super young, and like, my right now, I'm 30, my dad's 52, and he's in better shape than I am.
1: <laughs> oh, I, nice. I
0: swear, my, he's in New York, he comes out and he, he gets in a ring with me, and he, he can hold his own with me. I'm like, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be 70. With a five-year-old, I'm like, right. uh, <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. It's it's that's what it's got going on right now. As far as the, uh, the everything else is good, man. Training camp is good. I'm healthy. Um, and I'm I'm happy, man. I'm I'm blessed to be doing. You know, I got people reaching out to me, such as yourself, wanting to put my face on their um, podcast. Mm-hmm. I. I Literally, no complaints whatsoever,
1: man. That's what's up, man. Yeah. So, so check this out. Here's my time to stump you. So what I do is I actually take a little bit of time, a free moment, and I ask you a question to try to see if – give you a clue, but I see, I try to see if I can uh, stump you with a uh, related to martial arts question. Okay. So since, since, since this uh, was built around MMA – Uh, We're going to ask some questions around fighters that's in your weight class. So middleweight, middleweight, professional. It doesn't matter which organization they were a part of. um, But if you had to name for me five fighters, five that you feel were uh, changed the game or the sport of mixed martial arts, doesn't matter what time frame, name your five, top five. Well, I'm going to
0: go with my favorite fighter of all time, and I think he fought my weight, is Ernesto Hoost.
1: Oh, my God. So, K1. K1,
0: Ernesto. That's it. My, my favorite fighter of all time. And he, like I said, it levels to it, he perfected the body shot to that hip swivel hard lip, uh, leg kick. So he I'm kicks go trees
1: down, dude. Oh, oh sorry. Me no, man. it's <laughs>
0: uh, Ernesto Hoos. Um, I'm going to go another one for that time frame. Is going to be Andy Hug. Okay, okay. Um uh, then I'm going to go you can you can't say I mean Anderson Silva 100%. I was waiting on it. <laughs> yeah, Anderson Silva. <laughs> middleweight. Um ooh, my favorite my probably my second favorite fighter ever, Joel Romero. Who is and, this? and I love Joel. I love the fact that he's an athlete. I've loved the fact that he's 42 years old. And another middleweight, man. I'm going to have to go you know what? I'm gonna go with with uh, you know the blue collar worker, the the gritty bite your mouth piece. I'm gonna go with Rich Franklin. Oh wow, man! Yeah. Okay, I, I can do go it. I, I relate a lot to Rich as far as yes. uh, you know. So so you have a little bit of a little bit of everything. You got some finesse. You got some yeah. grittiness. You got a little bit of both. I'm gonna go with those guys that changed the game. Um,
1: Ernesto freaking. Sap dude What is his name Bob
0: Sap he kicked the tree down
1: dude he kicked the tree down you know how heartbroken
0: you know how heartbroken I was when Bob Sap beat Ernesto Hoost. that was it was heartbreaking
1: it wasn't even fair right it wasn't fair it It was like what yeah Yeah. that thing is
0: huge oh he's a a giant Uh, yeah um, yeah, those those are my top five middleweights Uh, granted I'm gonna be fighting a little a little thing for you guys I'm I can fight lower than 85 and I'll fight heavyweight. My last fight was at 205. So I'm like everyone calls me the White Anthony Johnson. Everyone's like, "Bro, 55 heavyweight this and that. So I will fight um as long as the fight makes sense, I will fight uh um you know whatever weight class they need me at." Yeah,
1: cool. Yeah. I understand, man. Sorry. I understand. What I would I know, have so this I got I got to I need you to tell my listeners how do they follow you? How do they, they you can think of because I'm gonna put them in the show notes below so where do we start? Instagram, Facebook Twitter, all the above Yeah. Uh,
0: so I have uh, my Instagram handle which is my, what I'm on mostly is Angelo Angelo underscore MMA11, honestly if you just type in Joey Angelo you'll see mine, it's a picture of me with my title um, Perfect. Actually, I'll, show you, I'll show you this one. I got all my, all my it's gonna be this picture right here
1: oh nice, yeah that's cool man, <laughs>
0: keep it up there let these let these people know. And they come right, to right, right. Uh, and then um, Facebook too is, uh, is is just under Joey Angelo, and it's actually a picture of me holding my wife because we got married right, wife, right after the last fight. Nice, um, right.
1: congratulations to that. Bro. Thanks,
0: I appreciate it. So uh, yeah, and Twitter, my manager hates the fact that I'm not active on there as much, but um, I actually just tweeted. Uh, I was I was actually just tweeted violent Bob Ross because he's like, whoa, I guess this is what happens when you fight. In your home, in your opponent's hometown. And I wrote, he's swung, from he swung Long Island, but good fight. It could have went either way. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, so, Luis. Luis is yeah. going to be like, what? Oh, Sorry, man. No. Okay, no doubt. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: that, that fight was amazing. But yeah, so just uh, Instagram and, and Facebook is the way I'm at. And I, I update everyone. I, I make, I'm always on my story. I'm always posting stuff. Literally, I try and make people experience the full training camp experience with me. You know, they I see know. my progression from being. A really happy fat guy at 217 pounds, all the way down to 185. Um, And I guess I I would I would be nothing without my fans. You know, these guys, these fighters, I think they're too good for the general public. It's 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 not me. You know, it's uh, it's I'm always like to keep my fans informed, and uh, and it's entertainment for me. You know, it makes like I said, it makes them feel like they're in training camp with me.
1: Dude, you provided a lot of a lot of value to my uh, for my listeners today. I appreciate you taking the time for the end of the last Dragon Podcast. Um, I feel like I definitely have to bring you back on because it seems like you got a lot of layers of this onion that hasn't been peeled back. So it's, it's, it's been a it's long a career, lot, yeah, dude. You got yeah, a we lot. Haven't even man.
0: Got, we haven't even got into my first ever pro fight. Sando, where I had to fight two guys.
1: Yes, you just heard from Joey Angelo. He did win that fight in Tampa bare knuckle fighting. He is an excellent individual to uh, check out. Go check him out. Go follow him. Go check out the highlight that I did of him on YouTube. You can check that out uh, on the Enter the Last Dragon YouTube page. Become a dragon. Go subscribe. Your host, Roy Robb, signing out.